You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 55. guys let's jump right on into it today we're talking about 15 tests that taught me lessons and last week we talked about the grace test you know I believe it's the answer to everything and I went through a season of my life where uh, I suffered from extreme anxiety and panic attacks and I began to really just learn to trust God Um, I had a major revelation of grace about 12 years ago And now I filter everything through God's unconditional love and his unconditional grace. They both go together. You can't have unconditional love and then conditional grace. It's all unconditional. Why? Because Jesus met all the conditions. And I've been through a lot of messes in my life. And grace has been the answer to all of that. Last week, I talked about that mess plus age equals message. You know, I've been around almost 54 years. This September will be 54 years that I have lived on this earth. And I've just learned some things through experience. And grace has been with me all along. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for grace. And I'm so thankful that God grades us on the cross, not the curve. I'm so thankful that my performance and my behavior and my steadiness and steadfastness and faithfulness is not what God judges me on. I've been judged by the cross and the cross proclaims me innocent and right with God in every season of my life. Thank God for grace and thank God for that grace test that life taught me. And then we talked about the acceptance test. It's closely, if not right under the grace test for me. I am accepted by God by grace alone, Ephesians 1 and 6. And you got to settle it once and for all. You know, a lot of people are still trying to get God to accept them with good behavior and trying to please him. But Jesus pleased God and we live in God's good pleasure through Jesus Christ. When God looks at us, He sees something that he is pleased in and he loves us and accepts us. It doesn't mean he always approves of our behavior, but we are accepted 100% of the time in every circumstance and every situation in our life. And then there's the envy test. That's a big one. You know, you've got to learn to recognize the green monster within envy is the big green monster. And we're all guilty of struggling with jealousy, envy, comparison you know anybody that's done anything significant in their life has struggled with feelings of insecurity jealousy and envy but to pass that envy test you got to accept your acceptance in Christ because it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about you it matters what God thinks about you and he's already pleased you don't have to perform for him and you need to let that cross over into every area of your life you know God's got a plan for you Don't render your own gifts inactive by worrying and comparing yourself and being jealous and envious of everyone else. Start focusing on God's plan for your life. Just walk in the gifts and the talents that he has given you. Don't compare yourself. You render yourself paralyzed in your own purposes and your own gifts and your own calling and your own assignment when you're always worried or jealous of somebody else. 
And, uh, you know, I've been through a lot of envy tests in my life. I've had to learn the hard way, but I'm learning more and more as I go that God has a perfect plan for me. He doesn't run out of blessings or opportunities. That's a poverty mindset to think that when someone else succeeds, they've taken your opportunity away. And then we secretly celebrate the failure of people when they fail, because then we think, oh, now it's my chance. I knew they were going to bomb out. So now God is going to give me the opportunity. No, it doesn't work that way. We don't snuff other people's light out to make ours brighter, because if you burn alone, you'll burn out. So I've had to go through a lot of envy tests in my life. And when that comes back around, I'm a little more familiar with the feeling and the the propensity to be envious in my life. And I just have to remember that I'm accepted by God. He has a purpose for me. My gifts are for me. And what God has given me is for me. So get my eyes off of other people and get them on God's plan for me. So today we're going to pick up with some more tests that taught me lessons. And uh, I believe this is going to really speak to you today. And uh, getting really excited about it. So let's jump into some more tests that taught me lessons. All right, number four, we're going to introduce this test called the prayer test. The prayer test. Now, why is that a test for me? Well, there's been so many situations in my life that I have not entered into without first consulting the Lord, getting God's counsel. And while I believe grace covers us, Prayer gives us a clearer perspective. I believe that sometimes when we forget to pray, we miss things that God wants to speak to us and prepare us for, for what's ahead. And we ask God, should I do this? Should I not do this? God, make it clear. Where should I go? Where should I not go? What job should I take? Should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? God, I need to hear from you. And God will speak to you, but God's calling us to a deeper perspective. You know, Jesus often went into the mountain to pray. He had to talk to God. He had to get God's thoughts, God's heart, God's wisdom on the situation. And I love how mountains speak of perspective. You know, when you go up a mountain, you see more clearly. And praying is like going up into a mountain where we can go above the situation and ask God for a wider perspective of what is happening. There have been so many times when I've walked into situations and I haven't prayed. I'm still saved. God still loves me. I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm stumbling and I'm tripping over bad decisions and wrong relationships and going through the wrong doors and regrets when God could have spoke to me and I could have heard him clearly in the midst of all the confusion. You know, prayer is like windshield wipers. You know, you're driving down the road, the rain is falling on your window, you can't see, so you turn on the windshield wipers and it clears away the rain off the windshield so you can get a clearer perspective. That's why I just believe prayer is not optional. And so many times in life, what I didn't pray for, I paid for. And I'm going to say that to you. What you don't pray for, you will pay for later. You know, when we pray, God reveals his secrets to us. And I'm just a firm believer that God never shouts his secrets. He only whispers them. You know, I heard someone say one time, the real secret to prayer is prayer and secrets. Spending time with you and God 
sharing all of your concerns and your feelings and your emotions and your anger and your pain and your regrets and and all the things you're going through. And God is not looking for proper grammar. He just wants you to be real, to be honest, to tell it like it is. Share your feelings, share your dreams, share your pain. And, and it doesn't matter if it sounds selfish, just be you. Pray and let it out. God wants to hear how you feel and he wants you to be real. God's not taken off his throne by what you say. He's not caught by surprise or offended at your words. God just wants you to spend time with him so that he can talk to you. You know, and I've always felt like recycled words are okay. Like if, you know, oh, Heavenly Father, we just ask you, God, to come into this place and be with us. You know, guys, let's just try to be real and talk normal and just tell him like it comes out of our mouth. Don't try to make up stuff and be religious and spiritual. You don't have to ask God to be with you. Oh, God, be with us. He is with you. Don't use recycled words. Learn to slow down and talk to God and be real. You know, in order for you to have a true impact in your prayer life, you have to own your own words. And I just believe that God will publicly show up for those who seek him privately. And I'm not saying that's a deserved reward. God loves you. God's going to bless you. But there's just certain things that we don't get because we don't pray. You know, there's an old song I used to sing. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You know, prayer is not a work. Prayer is a privilege. Prayer is a blessing. Prayer is an opportunity. Prayer is a door. Prayer is a key. You know, when God gives you grace, he gives you a big wad of keys and he's saying, listen, I've got a key that's going to help you in life. It's called talking to me. Come talk to me. Let's reason together, the Bible says. And I believe that in our relationship with God, when it comes to leadership and ministry, we can't speak the things we haven't seen or heard from God. God wants us to speak revelation, speak insight, speak wisdom. You know, Acts 20 and 4 said they could not stop speaking about what they had seen and heard. And I want to ask you, what are you seeing and hearing from God in your private times with him? This is not a guilt trip. I want to inspire you to pray, to talk to God, to ask him for wisdom. The Bible says, he who asks for wisdom, the Lord will not hold it back, but give it to him liberally. Give it to her liberally. God wants to give you wisdom. And all you got to do is ask. We have not because we ask not. God just said, just come and ask me. What do you want? What do you need? What's going to help you get through? And I know sometimes we ask outside of the boundaries of reality and common sense. But I just believe God wants us to start praying ridiculous prayers, big prayers, audacious prayers, bold prayers. 100% of the things you don't pray for won't get answered. And I believe God wants to give us some answers. And all he's saying, do you got some questions? Come bring your questions before me. Bring your concerns before me. Bring your family and your church and your finances and your business and your ministry and your kids. Bring it all before me. I want to answer some prayers. I want to take you to some new levels. I want to show you some things you've never seen before. And prayer is that 
secret place that we can come into with God where he quiets our minds and stills our hearts. Psalms 96 and 10, be still and know that I am God. You know, I know you're always in his presence, but sometimes when you pray, you feel like you're a little more there. Come on, guys. And when we pray, God has some things to show us that we've never seen. Call unto me, Ezekiel 33, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which you've never seen. It hasn't entered the heart of man. Eye has not seen nor ear has heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So pray. Don't go into situations and go, I got this, God. I don't need to consult you. You know, it is it is amazing what people will think and see and say when they have stood in the counsel of God. So approach God in prayer. Come with an open heart and an open notebook and listen to God and talk to God. And I'm telling you, life will be so much clearer when you pray. Hey guys, I just want to take a break right here in the middle to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a generous review, give us five stars and tell us what you think, and then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you're hearing today. And I also want to encourage you to go over to my YouTube channel, check me out there. I post a a powerful video each week laying down a foundation for the case of the gospel of grace. Thanks so much. So let's jump back into this idea that we're talking about today, tests that taught me lessons. All right, number five, the next test that taught me a lesson was the servant test. Man, this was something I had to grow into. I didn't always have the mentality of a servant. I thought leadership was, you know, coming to a position where people served you. I thought ministry and pastoring was Arriving at that place where now you had people to run around and do stuff for you. But listen, the greater levels you go in leadership, the lower and deeper you must learn to be a servant because every gift, every talent, all your abilities and resources and relationships that God gives you is not just to build you up, but it's given to you to help build others up. I heard a a guy one time tell a story about this great man of God that when he died, he wanted his tombstone to say others just others. That's really what it's all about. We get into trouble when we chase after selfish ambition to be seen and to be known and to be heard. And if you think that's what leadership and ministry is, you're in for a a real painful experience. The anointing that God puts on your life is to help you serve better, to help you serve others and to love others and to surrender yourself and sacrifice to help others come along into the thing that God has for them. And I don't care if you're a minister or a leader specifically, your gifts and talents were always given to you to help others. Um, Psalms 89 and 20 says, my servant David, I have anointed with my holy oil. Isn't that amazing? God didn't say I've anointed my great warrior. I've anointed my great musician. I've anointed my great administrator. I've anointed my handsome ruddy man. No, he said I've anointed him because he's a servant. And that's where the anointing is directed toward to serving others. You know, uh, I always get leery when people look at me and say, you have a servant 
servant's heart, Tony. You just have a humble servant's heart. What I think they're saying to me is, uh, we need you to show up and serve on the food line on Saturday, or we need you to stack chairs, or we need you to do something that you know is undesirable. But folks, really, let's just be honest. If you don't have a desire to help stack chairs, maybe you shouldn't be the one ministering to the people sitting in those chairs or leading those who are sitting in those chairs. If you possess or ask God to help cultivate a servant's heart in you, you're going to go through a test in your life. You're going to go through the test of whether you're willing to lay down your life for others. And if you truly have a servant's heart, promotion is not going to be that important to you, which usually means you're ready for promotion. You know, serving builds character, patience, endurance, and helps regulate our selfish ambition. It channels our ambition and the energy that we have into a positive force. And selfish ambition and envy are where all evil exists. Read James 3 and 16. It says, where there is striving and envy, there does every evil thing exist. When you're in an environment where people are jockeying for position and jockeying for a platform and jockeying for a status and jockeying for recognition. It's going to be like being at the horse races and you're going to get run over. You got to watch out for that. Just choose to go the other way. I remember when I was a young boy on a mission trip, I was 12 years old and I signed up for a youth mission trip and we went to this place called Vernon, Texas, little small ranch town, country town down in Texas. And we were ministering amongst the people in the community. We were going door to door and passing out pamphlets and inviting people to the revival meetings that were going to be at the church that weekend. And I remember one particular service, the preacher was preaching and then we had an altar call and people were coming down and praying for certain things. And I felt like the Lord directed me to go to the back of the church and just sit in the back and just privately seek him about some things in my life. I don't even really know specifically what I went back to pray for, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit led me to the back of the church. And for a moment I was praying, I glanced out the window, it was you know, around dusk, it was still light outside. The sun was beginning to set over the horizon and you could see it in Texas. And uh, as I looked up in the sky, there were two airplanes flying in the sky. One was a commercial jet and it was just soaring into the sky. And then right under it was this prop plane and it looked like it was dusting crops and it was actually taking a different course of direction. It was actually going down into the atmosphere. It wasn't climbing. It looked like it was making a, 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 a turn to come down. And so while I'm looking out the window, I see this commercial jet with white smoke just soaring into the air in its directed course. And then I'm seeing this little prop plane kind of just, you know, moseying down to the earth's surface. And the Lord spoke to me. I'll never forget it. I was 12 years old. And he said, Tony, I want you to be that prop plane. I want you to be that plane that is willing to stay low and stay close to the earth and don't let your head get so high in the clouds that your feet can't touch the ground. You know, be willing to humble yourself. And it was a special, precious moment. And I I so thank God. I don't know if it was a vision or if those were really two planes, but I do know that the Holy Spirit called me back there to remind me that it's, it's not how high I go, but how willing I am to stay low. Selfish ambition is uh, an evil pursuit. 
being a servant guards you against envy. We talked about the envy test last week. Don't surrender to your ambitions, but surrender your ambitions to the Lord. It's all right to have some ambition and some drive and some go-getter, okay? But we've got to be aware that those feelings can take us in the wrong direction. We can get competitive. We, we can see somebody excelling and we, we get anxious and we get nervous. So we go into this overdrive to try to pass people up. But the prayer should always be, God, how can I help others? How can I serve others? And that goes against our natural grain. We want to be recognized. We want to be admired and adored and put on pedestals and served. But I believe that when we pray, Lord, help me to be a servant. I believe we keep ourselves out of dangerous territory. Ambition will run you off a cliff. But if you'll be that lower prop plane and say, Lord, help me to be a servant. And God's going to put you in some situations that will teach you service. (laughs) You won't be able to talk back to your leaders. You won't be able to argue with them. You will have to do what you're told. And it's a test that you're going to have to learn. But I believe the Lord will bring you under holy submission to the point where you finally surrender your ambitions to him and say, Lord, whatever whenever and wherever. Those are the three most powerful words you can say to God, whenever, whatever, and wherever. God, you want me to go and do and be, I will do it. And so let's ask God to help us stay stealthy in the position of a servant. All right, number six, and this is so closely tied to the servant test. Number six is the humility test. Now, y'all know I'm a grace preacher, right? And I talk about the unconditional grace of God And we get it lavishly. We're saved always and forever. But there's something about enabling grace. See, we get unconditional grace that purifies us and sanctifies us once and for all, Hebrews 10 and 10. But there's also an enabling grace. This is the power that God gives you to live life and to endure things and to have the grace for leadership and ministry and your work and your family and being a parent. Boy, do we need grace for that. And we need enabling grace for that. And humility attracts God's enabling grace in your life. I believe God actively resists those people that are proud. And I'm talking about enabling grace, like withholding things that help you get through life. Your, your, your seat in heaven is set. It has a number. There's a reservation. And when you get there, it's not being canceled. You will, you will get to heaven on God's good grace, unconditional grace, unconditional love. But the life grace, the enabling grace, the power that you need to live life and endure in every situation in your life is through humility. James 4 and 6 says, God actively resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I believe that applies also prior to salvation, more so. Because if you think you can make it to heaven on your own, God resists that. But when you admit, Lord, I need you. I need thee every hour. I need thee. And when you come to that place in your life where you are a needy sinner, you will receive grace for salvation. But we're also needy saints. Come on, guys. I think saints need to hear the grace of God more than sinners do. Why? Because we think we got it and we, we're good and we're self-righteous and we get those attitudes that just tell us we don't need God's enabling grace. But God will resist you. He will resist you. You don't want to be resisted by the Lord. You just don't. 
That's a wrestling match you won't win. That's why you just need to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due season. God resists a proud look, Proverbs 6 and 17. Just do what I suggest so many times to young people. Just refuse to participate in that which exalts self. Philippians chapter (laughs) 3. Do nothing. We talked about in the servant test, out of selfish ambition. Don't read your own press reports. Don't go after what people say and think about you. Don't go searching for it. It's one thing to see it and, and get it, but it's another thing to go searching for it. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And, and I heard this statement many years ago. Someone said, when you are present, God is absent. But when you are absent, God is present. You know, whenever I step up to the platform to bring the word of God, I say, Lord, let your presence be seen in front of mine. Now, it's not that God doesn't love me and want to showcase me. I'm his. God loves showing me off to people. I'm his prized son. You're his pride and joy. But there's just sometimes when I want people to see Jesus. So the sincerity of my heart says, God, let them see you. Let the light of Jesus come shining through my life. Let people be attracted to Jesus, not just to me, but attracted to Jesus. That's the gospel I'm preaching. I want people to see him. And a lot of times I've done it without that attitude. God, I can't wait to get up there and show my stuff and do my thing and and get up there. And that's okay. It's all right to be you and shine. And But I just think that there's something special about somebody when they step up and they say, God, shine through me. Let people see you. He's not ashamed of you. He doesn't want to hide you in a closet somewhere and take over. And, you know, God wants to showcase you. But what's amazing is God wants people to see Jesus in you. It's a blessed union. It's a perfect blend between you and Jesus. Yes, Jesus is the exalted one. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the one we lead people to. But there's just something when people can see Jesus in you and they remember your name and they remember who you are. But They saw Jesus and it left a mark on their life. And that's the kind of humility we need to have. It doesn't mean that we need to walk low and and down ourselves and, and look rejected and dejected and have this false sense of, well, it's not me, it's God. No, no, it's you and God. God says you we're co-laborers together in this thing. I'm sharing my glory with you and you're giving glory back to me. We're one, we're two peas in a pod, the Lord says. But there's still something that attracts that enabling grace in your life when you humble yourself. James 4 and 6, I'm going to repeat it. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hey guys, we are out of time. That's it. Man, we're plugging along with these tests that taught me lessons. And you know what? These are some things that I learned out in the middle of life and leadership and ministry and relationships. I had to go through a few hard knocks. I call it the University of Adversity, or as my dad called it, the University of Hard Knocks. But they taught me some things that lessons would never teach me. Sometimes you just got to jump out in the middle of those tests. And I hope this has encouraged you and blessed you and equipped you for your journey ahead. And if it has, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a generous review. Give us five stars and tell us what you think. And then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you've heard today. Hey, I'll be back again real soon with another encouraging teaching, something that'll help you discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.